Hello everyone, it's me, Jasper William Cartwright, your brand new co-host for this season five of the Performance Capture Podcast. I want to start off by saying thank you so much. I absolutely love being here and I hope that you're already enjoying this brand new season. However, I'm not the only new thing for this season. We have a Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash performance capture podcast. If you want to support the show and help us to continue creating this awesome content, whilst also getting your hands on some exclusive content, including discounts on Victoria's e-course, behind-the-scenes footage, and bonus episodes, including my interview. But fear not, that's not the only way that you can help the show. You can also drop us a five-star review on whatever podcasting app you're using. That really helps us find brand new people. Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. <laughs> and then they're like, you mean there, there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like, nobody said, oh, you know, here, you go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. Jump in both feet, because this is the future of entertainment. This is where it's going to be. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. Um, hey everyone, welcome to the Performance Capture Podcast. Today we have a guest who I have been following for ages and I'm so happy that we've finally managed to catch her in the net of the Performance Capture Podcast and I'm going to find out a little bit about her career in Performance Capture and the some of the legendary projects that she's cast and been uh, influencing um, the 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 genius behind these things so uh without further ado could you tell us your name and where you grew up of course my name is jamie bafis and although i was born in seattle i grew up in northern california just outside of sacramento but i've been in los angeles almost as long as i haven't so i do actually consider myself a southern california girl now although Let's not tell the people up north. <laughs> yeah. I'll just not for that. <laughs> so, right. If I ever say LA's home, anybody from England is like, what did you say? Like, you're not right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love that. All right. And could you tell us what it is that you do, your title, and where you work, please? Of course. My official title is Senior Manager of Casting and Talent Management for PlayStation Studios Worldwide. But uh, it's easier just to say I'm the head of casting for PlayStation Studios. And I work out of one of our offices in Los Angeles. Is that like one of those fun little quirks, like a difference between video games and, uh, you know, traditional like TV and movies where they like use a very long and complicated like word for it when it's like, I'm the casting director. That's what I am. Exactly. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. But it sounds it sounds even cooler. You know what I mean? I love it. The manager of casting. I like <laughs> yeah, it. Manage all. <laughs> Um, and how this this is kind of my favorite question, because I feel as though it's it's so broad, but I love people's interpretation. So how would you best describe what performance capture is? Gosh, and you've had so many good answers for for this in the past. I don't know if I can do justice. We're getting um, through the season now. Me. Like this, <laughs> you have to exactly. add something new. No, you don't. There's no pressure. Um, to me, it's the process of using cutting edge technology 
to bring even the most nuanced, detailed performance into um, our games or into animation in a way that feels very real and authentic, whether the the end result is a human or creature type character. And um, I was trying to think of something really clever to say, but <laughs> I think it's kind of, and this sounds maybe a little silly, but it feels to me like it's the marriage of human performance to polygons. Ooh, I love that. Mm, that's good. Ooh, that's really that good. Has, yeah, that okay. has added a new dimension. Didn't think you had anything original. That was perfect. <laughs> that wanted something new that nobody had the marriage. <laughs> I like it. Yes, Nailed definitely. Oh, I'm excited. That's, I love really that good. answer. We might even have to put that in the new intro. Um, I love it. Um, yes, definitely. <laughs> so how did you discover performance capture and how did you become involved? What was your first project? Like, how did this start out for you? Like when someone was like, performance capture. I mean, most of us are like, what am I doing? You know? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, just... Uh... Um, it goes way back, actually. I I have... Um, I started as a games producer, and I did that for almost 20 years before I got into casting. Um, so I had worked on a pretty wide variety of games, but there was one in particular, which was my first experience with mocap. Um, it was in 2002, and it was a dance dance revolution style game based on Britney Spears oh, and wow. the idea being the player um, is in essence auditioning to be a background dancer okay. and so we actually we worked with um, a couple of mocap dancers out in Tokyo wow. who had learned every single dance move from all of her videos and then we did another session in Los Angeles where we actually used her background dancers who had been rehearsing all of the, the moves for the tour that she was about to start. So um, that was where I just, I kind of fell in love with the, the process and thought, God, this is amazing. I can't believe that I'm watching these people do this. And I'm actually seeing it on screen being attached to these, you know, temp models and, and duplicating these movements. I was blown away by it. That is so cool. Yes. Did, did it feel, um, is there something, uh, like seeing that for the first time, I feel like I can really remember the first time when I played a video game that used motion capture versus like sort of, sort of standard animation. Did you feel like you you could really feel the difference between, you know, sort of your traditional like model of animation and, and, and that? Did you, did it make a, like an impact on you when you saw it? I do, I do think so. Yeah. Because to me, it was so much more fluid. Um, so mm. much, you know, again, with that sort of that nuanced feel where every little movement, every little shoulder flick, every, you know, kind of flick of the hand was captured. And mm. that's the sort of thing that I didn't see a lot of with keyframe animation. It just, it's not that a lot of teams weren't trying it, but it was so much more fluid and so much more authentic to see it yeah. come off of the body of a dancer who actually does this every day and, and have mm. that translated onto the models that we put in game. and. It was, for me, it was really exciting. And uh, gosh, I hope I get to work on more projects that, that do this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And you, and you get to those little imperfections as well, which I think is something mm -hmm. that I really love about it. It's like, you know, the little, you know, when the, the, the foot slips a little bit or, you know, the, the, they do something just, you know, like a little tick that they have or do you know what I mean? Thing, little things like that, that, uh, you know, that you probably can't, you couldn't hope to like to, 
think up your, by yourself if you were just animating a model. So yeah, yeah definitely. Sometimes that's the best part. It's the human part. Exactly. Yes, yeah. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. that's such a good reminder for any actors that are listening to this as well of like not trying to get it perfect, you know, because actually the imperfections make the characters fun to play and to um, to notice and to see. And yeah, it's that's those things are interesting in performance capture they're not mm. mistakes as it were um what's your favorite thing about motion capture what is it that you know you work at sony you've worked in this world for a long time what's made you stay in this job rather than do something completely different like why do you love this so much what's what's your favorite thing when you get up and you go oh i want to gonna go to work today what's the thing that you love oh gosh there's so there's so many things honestly um I really love to see actors bring these characters to life real time. Um, I'm introduced to a character by, you know, some words on a paper, a, a bio description. If I'm lucky, I get some concept art to show me what that character might look like. But to see an actor actually creating that and, and, watching it develop while I'm, you know, sitting there watching on a monitor as their movements are being mapped to a rough model of that character is really exciting to me. And um, especially when we get further down the road and that model gets a little further along and starts looking more and more like a final product to see, you know, where, where we started, where we came, where we are now. Um, and to to watch that actually be realized is, is really cool. That's the thing that makes me want to go to the mocap stage you know, as often as I can. Yeah, I was going to say, do you get to go mm. to the volume a lot or, or not? As, I yeah. do. Um, not as often as I would like to. We're all working from home now and sometimes I just have too much to do. Um, but there are a number of projects that I'm working on that I really enjoy going and and sitting in and, and just watching, you know, the magic happen, as it were. So anytime I can get down there and and sit back and just kind of see how everything's going. Yeah. I will absolutely take the opportunity. Yeah. I was just thinking as well. Oh, sorry. Go I'm, on, Jasper. Go on. I don't know. I was just going to say, I was really, uh, really fascinated just hearing you talking about uh, the kind of initial stages then. Uh, and it was actually one of the questions that I had in my head, which is, you know, how does that, and what does that initial stage look like? You know, when, in terms of what you actually would get in a typical casting scenario, you know, how much do you know about the character? And then I guess my sort of, the, the bigger question I have for that is then what are you typically looking for when you're looking for an actor? Is it something to do with sort of capturing the essence of the character? Is there a, almost like a voice that you imagine for them? Is there, is there a physicality that you try to match or, you know, is it probably, I guess, a combination of all of those things? I'm just wondering, because obviously in classic TV and film, it might be the look, they just look just perfect for that character. But, you know, obviously that's less, slightly less important in this instance. It's more about, you know, their performance and the actual character itself. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's all of those things. Um, I, depending on the project, I can get a lot of information about the character um, or very, very little. Um, and so it's kind of a, a wide variety of, of information that we have to, to pull from. I'm always happy when our, our teams will send us as much information as possible. The more, the better. Um, if we can kind of get inside the heads of these characters and, and figure out who they are. Um, anytime they can give me a physical description is great. Um, and they often do. They'll often also give me 
um, inspiration ideas. Uh, for example, you know, they, they look to these, let's say three or four famous actors is kind of the vibe that they're going for the overall look, the, the swagger, if you will, um, of some of these characters. And so we keep those in mind actually, when we're not only putting together the breakdown to send out, but when we're looking at what we get back, um, with the, with the auditions, because a lot of times we'll do the first pass through all of them and say, look, is, is this person hitting on all of those things? Do they have the vibe? Do they have the feel? They may not look the same. We don't need them to always. Um, mm. But can they, can I imagine that that actor carrying off this role? Can they bring to it what I think the team is really looking for? And then ultimately it's up to, you know, the creative team and the director to decide, you know, is this the right person? Um, and in some cases it might be five different people and we have to bring them all in and, and see who really captures that. But we try, I try to keep all of that in mind. And I'll, I'll also look at past work that some of the actors have done as well just to see if any of the characters that they've done in the past also capture that, you know, have they done something similar? Yeah. You know, is, is there anything they can pull from things they've done in the past that might, you know, feed into the development of this character? That's cool. That's really interesting. It's so, it's so fascinating as well, because I really loved getting breakdowns from video game casting directors, because I feel like uh, they're so much more about the character. You know, you get so much more about, you know, uh, even like I'll get, uh, there's one particular uh, company which I get seen by quite a lot and they'll give me a little pre and post scene kind of description of like what's happening because they you know they really want to see that kind of life in the character and it's not just sort of a case of you know uh, you know start and then stop your scene right. it's it, you know they want to see you live the the character a little bit and, and sit in the body and everything and it's genuinely so much fun i think to receive those casting breakdowns uh, i think it's i think it's a real skill actually uh, to create those casting breakdowns in a way that gives you you know uh it gives us as actors you know the the, the tools i think to uh to you know yeah, bring a character to life to... without you know all the information or context or other lines things like that yeah the more information <laughs> that we get given and I, I don't know about you but i i love having pictures i love having links i love having those mm, things not just yes. a massive chunk of text where i'm like like okay i'm gonna read this 10 times <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. i gotta try and who is this woman like how do i <laughs> you know how do i step <laughs> into that and how do i how does she live? How does she breathe? What is she, what is she about? Um, because actually, that's my favorite part of the work is is that first stage, is that um, like oh how how is this person? Yeah, the discovery, discovery of it, and it? how is this person like? Where am I mm. like her? And how do I bring me and my life into her shoes? And how do I? And, and also, you know, for example, some of the games I've worked on have been a period piece. So, like, how would she live mm -hmm. in this time period and what's happening around me and what are the struggles that I have? What are the skills that I have that help me overcome those struggles? And all of those things that are just the first initial, I'll call them, like, footsteps of, like, how, how I find out who she is and how she thinks and how she works things out, you know? Um, what I was also really excited about when I heard you talking about this process, Jamie, is, um, you know, you're in a position where you get to see these characters be brought to life by so many different people from the same spec, 
you know, we none of us have that mm, opportunity to yeah. ever see that. You know, I with the classes that I hold, I get to see it now and again, like maybe up to five or six people doing the same script, but not in a capacity that you have. Like that must for me that that's exciting to see, oh wow, how different that person interpreted this and how like can you talk a little bit more about and especially I mean like you said the first time that you um see this character come to life off the page I guess the first audition that you watch for that character is that is that something that is I don't know it's uh, is that kind of an an area of of magic in itself just seeing it come off the page for the first time I guess it depends on the actor and what they bring but yeah absolutely it is um because I I never know exactly what we're going to get. And, and we do get so many different interpretations. Mm. Um, it's really, you know, I love it when an actor comes in and does something kind of unexpected. Um, I always have in my head, okay, here's what I think they want. A lot of times, you know, we get everybody hitting that, you know, smack on the head. Perfect. Um, and then every once in a while, somebody will try something completely different. And those are the ones that always catch my attention. It's like, okay, that's not right for the character, but I love what you did there. I love that you tried something different. I like the energy. I love the energy. It's the guts. We've all been that actor. We've always we've, we've all had that project where we're like, I don't, I think I didn't that wasn't what they wanted like uh... I remember I remember very distinctly doing uh getting a casting through from my agent about seven in the evening like I need this first thing the next day being up until like half past 12 and in, in the night because I just couldn't for some reason I just couldn't get my head around it and every time I watched it back I was like no this is terrible this is terrible and then I ended I don't even I, I remember waking up in the morning not even remembering what I'd submitted uh, and then about a week later, I booked the job and then I watched the tape back. And I think I'd just gone with, so I was, you could tell I had a slightly wild look in my eye because I'd been working on this for about four hours and it was like in the middle of the morning. You know, I think that they just probably, like you said, sort of saw something very different and went, okay, then. They saw the magic. So sometimes it helps. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it helps. Also yeah, exactly. That's what I do for all of my tapes now. I stay up till midnight <laughs> oh to do them. Uh, my fiance <laughs> hates it, but I get um, the jobs. <laughs> I was going to say as well, like um, that the the process of doing it. I don't know if I'm sure it happens with you as well, uh, Jamie. When you go, that's the person. You know, for us, like when I've booked big jobs or things have worked out, auditions that have kind of, you know, because obviously we do hundreds of auditions and some of them we never hear mm -hmm. anything about, and others you know you're very fortunate and you you're on the project um and there's kind of I don't know but I'm sure Jasper you've experienced this too but there's that magic of okay I think I think this is I think this is going my way I think I know mm. I know this person I know them and there's this uh, I don't know universal alignment or whatever you know magic we want to talk about but mm. there's that and I'm 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 imagining this happens for casting too when that person walks in the room mm -hmm. and you go, Yeah, that's them. That's that's what we're looking for. Um, I don't know if you could just touch on that. I, I guess what I'm trying to explain is very difficult to put into words anyway, because it is such a <laughs> It is. It's it's a if you explain magic in a bottle for us, Jamie, that would be really helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so we can take it away and Gosh, <laughs> I don't know if I can put it into good words. Um Sometimes it's just a feeling. Um, it can, 
Hmm. When I'm initially going through sort of the first past auditions, it can, you see a number of them and you go, yeah, that's great. That's, that's it. And then, you know, a few more down the road, you go, oh, wait, no, that's it. Oh, wow. That's really great. It can be really difficult, but hopefully you, you kind of get down to that top five, maybe. Um, and you know that these top five people have something, they might be very different. They might be very similar, but there's something there that really kind of nails that character. And then once we bring them in for callbacks, that's usually where for me, at least, um, I can see somebody walk into the volume, uh, you know, meet the other actors, interact with uh, sometimes just interacting with the director and mm, introducing themselves and, and coming into the space. You go, yeah, I think that I think that's it. Um, other times, you know, we have to go through a couple of rounds of scenes with different people, but I can usually figure out who I think is best for it within that setting. It's really the callback setting where you're, you're seeing the person, you're seeing how they interact, you're seeing, and it's, it's sort of the bigger picture. It's not just embodying that character and bringing that character to life, but, you know, are they collaborative? Are they, are they working well with the director? Is there, um, you know, chemistry there? Are they, is there a good vibe with everybody together? Are they, you know, is there chemistry with the other actors, you know, even outside a specific mm -hmm. chemistry read? Um, and you kind of get a sense for, yeah, that's the person that's going to pull this all together. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, um, is there anything in particular that, you know, for you is sort of like, I don't know, is there like anything you're kind of going through, like your, your, almost like a checklist when you're going through, are you looking at, you know, is the first thing on the list, like, are there, is there the basic physicality? Is that there? Is the, you know, or is it the, is it the voice that's, I'm just kind of wondering what is at the top of the, almost like that checklist for you when you're first meeting a character or does it depend on the actual character itself? You know, if they do have a distinctive voice, you know, you imagine them to have a distinctive voice or if you imagine them to have a distinctive physicality, maybe it, it changes. Yeah. That it really does depend on the character. Um, especially if somebody's coming in and they're they're creating a character that's like a known franchise character for example somebody coming in to mm -hmm. to audition for a marvel character um you already have a preconceived notion of what that character is like from you know the gazillions of animated series and movies and and whatnot and so you're trying to kind of figure out you know knowing all of that you know the collective actors who have done that role does this person sort of fit into that is this going to embody that mm. character in a way that people are going to love and recognize and whatnot um but sometimes it's you know i can't, i can't always wrap my head around exactly what the team's looking for especially if they if they seem like they're not 100 percent sure themselves um sure, yeah. and which happens and sometimes it's just a matter of somebody walking in and having that swagger or or they say something or that little you know head movement or you know the hand on the hip or whatever the case is that says oh oh there's something there okay cool maybe that's that's you know checklist number one they have that sort of physical embodiment and then we'll start digging into you know is the voice there? i think voice generally we we have an idea of a voice print before we bring them in. So pretty much anybody coming in is already going to have, you know, a vocal quality that, gonna fit that, that, so that we're yeah, looking yeah, for. Yeah, um, but it's really the other stuff. Sometimes it's the look. Sometimes we'll, we'll look at an actor and go, wow, we weren't thinking of doing likeness for this, but you've 
you've got such a great look and, and you've really created this, you know, this character sort of as a well-rounded being, we want to use your likeness as well. Um, so it can be, it can be a number of different things. I, I wouldn't say I have it a set checklist, but it's, you know, well, actually I take that back. The number one thing I think that I will look for are, is, is this person a cool person that we're going to want to work with, that we're going to enjoy working with? Yeah. yeah. If they're going to yeah. be difficult, personally, I don't care how good of an actor they are um, because it can throw off the entire of the, of the shoot. There's nothing worse. So There's nothing worse. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah it really is. Get, could be, especially when it's such a collaborative process, like there's not, well, I mean, mm-hmm. I think any project, theater, TV, film, but particularly with performance capture, you can't, there is, I mean, they call him a lead character, but really it's such an ensemble. You can't do any of it without anyone else. And yeah. the actors, exactly. even when you bring in A-list people, it's like you, you can't be, uh, you know, better than anyone else in the environment. You just can't because you need the person to put the dots on your face. You need the helmet. You need the, yeah. you can't do anything without them and without collaborating with them in a kind mm-hmm. and generous human way, especially when you're doing it all day mm-hmm. long. And people are so close. They're touching your body. They're touching your face. Like, have you got a problem with that? You're, yeah. you're in the wrong place, you know? Yeah, this is not the, this is not the project for you. Yeah, I also think you can't get carried in motion capture. I've noticed, you know, when I've been in the volume with other actors, it's not like when you're on, you know, if you're on stage, you know, you'll you'll sometimes you'll kind of get, you can get away with if your energy's a little lower or, you know, it's like you're really struggling today. Maybe you're not feeling 100%. You, you know, you can kind of lean a little bit on your fellow actors and they can kind of support you. And, you know, whereas in the volume, like everything is captured, literally. You know what I mean? Like every single (laughs) bit of you is captured. You can't get away with, you know not being invested and not being kind of there to give well, you it's almost like that, everybody's you know, in a close-up right thing. everybody right. is in a close-up <laughs> yes. all the time but your whole body and also, is in a i think a lot of people <laughs> yeah. forget that you know when we're doing a cinematic scene it, it is one scene we don't cut around it like they mm. do for tv and film we don't go and take right. my yeah. close-up then do your close-up and then do a medium and a wide it's all happening and it all has to happen. Everybody's lines. You drop a line, you've screwed everyone up and not just your fellow castmates. Mm-hmm. You've screwed everybody on the technical side of it up and we got to all mm. go again. Um, and yeah. that, you yeah. know, in theatre, we can skip over I... that. Oh, they missed a line. Okay, we'll just keep going. Like <laughs> the show must go on. You know, you can't. You just can't use it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, There's a lot of stuff we can I, fix, I but we're capturing all of it all the time, no matter what you're doing. Yes. So if if you think you're not on camera and you're over there scratching your butt, <laughs> we got it. No. We're gonna be using that for the outtakes. Uh, thanks. That'll go in the library. Yeah, that'll be going in the you library know that's for, been a, for a villager or something. You know, some you know, some Definitely. non-playable would... characters are scratching their butt because you you, exactly. you gave them that Those data. <laughs> It's like, oh, we're using that. I, I, <laughs> yeah, there's, there's something... I'd love to ask, Jamie. What's that? Oh, no, so you go, go for it. No, no, you, no, please. Oh, please. I was just saying, there's something really interesting that happens when um, the actors all put on the mocap suit. It really kind of levels the playing field for people. Mm. You have to, you really have to leave some of your ego and, <laughs> and, and at the door when you walk in and it's... <laughs> And your style, yeah, and yeah. no makeup, no hair, no Any costume, materialistic no things that you have, no matter what car you rock up in, uh, yeah. but you are going to be wearing the exactly. same thing. That's going out the window when you walk in the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
You're all going to be sweaty any, in five minutes. Any so body hang-ups you got, they're going to be exaggerated by a nice Lycra tight suit. Yep. Um, exactly. exactly. But the wonderful thing is nobody cares. No, no. Once you get in there, it's just, none of us are paying attention to it. Um, and I think once you can get past that initial kind of, I feel like I want to cover myself up. Um, there's something that, to me, at least watching it, I haven't done it myself, that seems kind of magical about sort of being freed of, I love you know. It. I love it. It's like wearing a onesie. Yeah. Go for it. This is just you. You're naked. You're out there. trainers. I'm, this is the best costume. Perfect. I, yeah, I can work as all day. That's fine. But, yeah. Well, I had to wear... Yeah, oh yeah, I'd wear a wig for two board, years yeah. on TV, like there with all the bobby pins in my head, all that yeah. stuff. Like, oh, that's gotta be just as bad. This lycra suit is it's comfortable. I love it's it. Good. Um, right, it's we've got a couple of questions yeah. before we wrap this up. This has been an amazing. Yeah, go I on. did have one. Yeah, go on. If I could, really, it's a burning question that I had just because you mentioned it earlier, Jamie, about how sometimes the productions don't necessarily know what they want. And I'm having a very interesting experience at the moment. I'm working on a very long, like a game that, you know, that I think I spoke to the, the one of the directors and he was like, oh, I think this will probably go on for like the next three or so years. It's, it's a big weird. old <laughs> RPG, you know, thing. And what was fascinating is that he was saying how, you know, the script and everything is kind of constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. You know, they're right, obviously just writing sections. I'm so fascinated as to how you put together an ensemble is there is there like a rolling casting for these kind of games? Do you are you kind of constantly bringing in new characters? And if so, you know, is it as simple as kind of building it all around the core cast, or you know, how do you sort of mentally kind of go around building out such a huge world with all of these different characters? It just seems absolutely mind blowing for me. <laughs> it's complicated, but yeah, it is a rolling <laughs> kind of a rolling thing. We there are people. Our actors that we cast right at the beginning, um, and and if we have returning cast members from from a franchise that we're doing a sequel on, you know, obviously they're already usually the first people that we get signed on, um, and it can go for the next year that we'll be adding new actors as we go, um, as the characters are developed, as the story is more developed, as they figure out, you know, they may have an idea of what characters they want to use, but they don't, they haven't really developed, you know, how, how their personalities are going to work, how they're going to interact with each other. And so in some cases, we'll, um, as we're bringing in new actors, we'll bring in the, the current cast to do chemistry reads with them so that we have that consistency and see how they're going to blend in with, with the cast members that we already have. Um, but it can be, yeah, it's an interesting process because we're not just, you know, casting everybody in the first six months, it can go yeah. on for a couple of years. And then when we start casting, you know, background characters and, and sort of the world, the, the characters that you come across in the world, that might be two years after we've done everything else. So oh, it's a, it's yeah. a crazy process, but in a way I kind of like that it's spread out because it feels like as we go and the game becomes more solid and more developed and those characters become a little bit more um, real and it's, it's a little easier to, to figure out who you're going to bring in for some of those later characters. That's another thing that sometimes the early ones are the guinea pigs. Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing that I I had the great experience in the in the pandemic of um, rehearsing the script for for Spoken, which is coming out, and um, there was like a troop of us that we went through the whole game and rehearsed the whole game. It's like six of us playing all the characters, 
And that was a great learning experience for me to go, oh, this game has been being made before I even get to the rehearsal. And then we had like, maybe I would say, it, well, it was a good year where we were kind of rehearsing it out, coming back, trying new stuff, doing things. And then after that, they brought in the cast, you know, some of us were cast in it as well, but mm -hmm. then they brought in the cast. And it was interesting to see the people that just showed up was like, oh, we're here like to start the game. And it's like, oh no, this game is, we've been, we've been on this. So I've been saying, <laughs> I've been saying your lines for about a yeah. year. Um, so um, no, uh, this game, and this game started before I came on it, before I rehearsed it, this, the concept. Mm. So it was really interesting. To, again, mm -hmm. like you say, the the playing field is very level because there's no like, oh, here comes, you know, Al Pacino's coming on set, like, and we're going to be right. shooting that scene right now. It's like, oh, how is he going to do this? Like, no, we, we have rehearsed this. We've drawn this. We've drawn it. this. We've uh, all the, Just forgive my ignorance, but yeah. like all the other stuff <laughs> that's been done that I have no idea about because they're so amazing and they, <laughs> that's what they do. But um, mm. <laughs> yeah. So two questions left. Uh, the first is like any funny experience, specific experience that you've had that's very memorable on the PCAP stage. Um, we've just had people guests talk us about funny things that have happened or memorable things that have happened. It doesn't have to be funny, but stuff that's like stutter stood out for you. Um, that's a good question. I don't know that I can find one in particular. I mean, my, my favorite days, I can say, going to stage, and, and there's probably three categories of, of the ones that I love the best. Um, the stunt days. Oh, I love watching our stunt people actually come in and, and do the crazy stuff. Watching the stunt people on the Spider-Man and the Miles Morales games was a blast. Oh, so um, the guys that came in and, and did Spider the Spider-Man stunts and the the guys that did the creature stunts and the enemy stunts, um, that was a real joy to watch. It was just a fun time seeing these people, you know, flipping and spinning and and jumping out. Probably pretty mind blowing. As yeah, well, it is. Like, wait, I'm, we can act like humans can actually do that. Like I thought exactly. that was just going to be it, like a video game. Like you know, they were going to just make it in the game. And I'm cringing, going, "Oh God, don't hurt yourselves! Please don't get hurt! Please don't get hurt!" But it was amazing yeah, and so much fun to watch. Um, I also yeah. loved when we bring animals in when we do animal motion wow. capture. Yeah. having on a we had uh on two different projects actually we had horses brought in oh, amazing. and that was wild funny enough to be able to drive into the parking lot and just see horses standing in the <laughs> yeah, right. do, you, do you get them in the suit do they get dots yeah we do believe it or not um the horses have markers that are put on various body parts and, and legs and whatnot. The dogs actually have a little suit that they put I've on. Seen this, I was going to say, I've seen the suit on the dog. I didn't fancy being the person putting uh, the suit on the horse. That, yeah, like, not, I think Mark is definitely a more sensible. Yeah, they kind of glue <laughs> yeah. them on. They have like the little sticky sure, bit on yeah. them and they glue them on and they'll, mm. they'll fall off. You know, the horse is starting to gallop around the stage and then they fall off and you have to go back in and put them on. But um, that was really wild watching horses walk through our front door and into the volume it's like oh this is gonna be a fun day yeah wow. um, that's always fun. i love that yeah i think some i will tell you one of my favorite things um and it's very silly but i love to see what because i tend to watch when i'm there i'm tending to watch what's up on the monitor so that i'm seeing the actor movement actually mapped onto the models but i love to see what they do in between the takes 
when you see somebody doing some just random <laughs> movement, like this one, scratcher, <laughs> little dance or something, and being yeah. mapped to this, you know, ogre or a monster or some character that's so completely I'm so different. I'm glad that you said you like that because I always think I'm, I'm being really silly right now and I probably shouldn't be doing that, but it's too fun to not make this woman who looks so serious do this, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My thing is always, I'm always caught stretching because I like, I really enjoy like stretching in between like takes and everything and then just seeing, Character. you know, this person in these, all these fine, like, you know, in this outfit or whatever. Right, like, exactly. Doing these downward dogs or whatever, is, you know. That is one funny. of my favorite things. I love seeing that, especially if it's some giant creature and it's this big, you know, sort of muscular alien looking thing. And it's like, you know, yawning and stretching <laughs> and drinking a glass of a cup of water. Tea, yeah. <laughs> I did the, so the Warhammer 40k Battle Sister game where I played all these nuns that were like, had nuns with guns, guys, basically. And so in between that, I was like, I had this like, you know, full on nun outfit walking through these corridors with it was it's a big VR game for Warhammer. Um, but yeah, seeing doing silly stuff with that on was quite fun as well. Like just with the nun outfit that was animated. I was like, when am I ever gonna get to do this ever again? Like never. This is just so fun. Yeah. Um yeah. and yeah. you were sorry, it was gonna say you oh no I was just saying I love that stuff. So um the advice, what advice would you give? I mean I guess we should start really with what advice you would give to anybody that wants to do casting. Um, that how would they even begin with that? Like, how does that even work? Um, and then I, I think we have to we have to talk about any advice for actors really. After that, for actors, um, mm. oh god, getting into casting. I honestly, I kind of don't know. I sort of fell into it because it was something that I had a passion for on the projects that I produced. And I wanted to be involved in choosing the right, you know, actors for our games. Um, I just spent time getting familiar with people, getting familiar with actors, you know, being at the, the VO booth, hearing what they sound like, hearing what they can do. I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> you know, so I, I know you're trying to figure out who's up and coming and, and who are some of the on-camera actors, a lot of animation to see who the voiceover actors are and, and just playing a lot of video games and, and looking at other games to see who's doing and who are the actors doing performance capture. I think the biggest, the biggest uh, pieces of, of really being you know, able to cast for games is a, have a passion for games, know what games are about, know what, what characters do in games, um, how they're used, and then getting familiar with, you know, who the people are that that can really bring those characters to life. And it doesn't hurt to know, you know, the ins and outs of the union and and who the agencies are and and how to structure a deal. But really it's it's about, you know, how actors are used in games and who are the people that can really, you know, get the best performances in that capacity. Mm -hmm. And any mm. tips and tricks for actors? I mean, I feel like you've given a lot of stuff and, and what things that you like to see and <laughs> and how, you know, but I don't know. One thing that if a, a new actor that's not been in the game before that wants to do this or even maybe an established actor that might be not hitting hitting the right notes each time they're auditioning for you, like what's, what's your advice for them? Um. Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. I'd say... I mean, obviously, experience, 
you know, having all around acting experience to be, you know, the strongest actor you can be um, as much, you know, if, if you're looking for performance capture uh, projects, you know, any mocap experience you can get, whether it's workshops or classes or working on a mocap stage or, or, you know, theater work. I mean, cause that really translates yeah. um, mm -hmm. is super helpful. I think flexibility, a willingness to, to try something new, to, to do something unexpected, to have fun and to, to keep the energy level up. Uh, I think we talked about this before is, is making sure when you're auditioning that you, no matter how tired you are, and this might be the 50th audition you've done that day, bring some, bring some energy to it because I can tell if, if somebody is tired mm. and over it and just phoning it in and those auditions yeah. aren't going to be considered as high unless it's somebody that I already know. And I know that they can do more, but when I send it over to my development team, if they don't know who that actor is, all they're going to hear is that tired audition. And so they're not going to be considered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been awesome i'm so happy that we made this happen um just people that Ooh. want to follow you social media is any um where we where can they find you and follow your journey further past this interview is there any is instagram or, or facebook twitter i do like... i don't i don't have a huge social media presence i am on instagram um and it's just js bafis great I have a Twitter account, but I couldn't even tell you the last time I actually logged into it. <laughs> Don't really pay attention much probably, these days. Probably for the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but if you want to be one of my three followers or whatever it is. I'm um, going there now. Uh, <laughs> I think I still use the Ninjamie01 account, oh, or you can just look for my okay, name. Okay, great. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your experience and your service to this community over the years that you've been working in it and for advanced thanks for all the stuff that you're going to be casting in 2023 and yeah. beyond. Um, I'm so grateful. I love receiving if breakdowns from you and um, I'm always impressed with the projects that you've put together and your reputation and name in the industry is one of the one of the most renowned and respected. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your positivity and your generosity in sharing what you've learned over the years. Oh, thank you. This was really, really fun today. And I'm so happy I got a chance to to sit and chat with the two of you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you so much, so, Jamie. Thank you. Yeah, thank thank you. you so much. All, All right. right. I think we can end that Amazing. recording now. Woohoo. Woo. We did it. Just whilst we're doing, uh, just whilst we're doing thank yous, I have to say, uh, I've, I, I can, I can geek out now. Uh, we've done the professional bit. Such genuinely, such a huge fan of all. Like going, th going through your IMDb, I was like, literally in my top five, uh, like favorite games of all time. Like, was your IMDb? Like, I was oh, like, awesome. that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, so I'm Did you work on Guitar Hero? as well when you were activists you know i didn't i like, sat right next to the the producers that did um okay because i saw i saw like a breakdown of uh like i had some, some special things i think i did some I they used to have a pull us in when we had free time to to try out some stuff and just say hey come in and play this level a little bit i want to get your feedback and i did that a few times um, and the sure. producers were good friends. So I think I got a couple of, of thank you shout outs in those, but I didn't actually work on them other than well, just, hey, I, here's I, 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 thank you. It's, 
it's my fiance's favorite game of all time and uh, oh, she would be remi- i'd be remiss if if i said i met anyone who was remotely responsible for a, the, the guitar hero games then i didn't thank them so oh fun oh i'm so glad i loved those games too i played them yeah, all and really I, cool yeah those were a lot of fun I also met uh, someone recently who was the first, that was the number one in the world on the Dance Master, uh, like those games, yeah. like the the platform games. I, no, I think he came second in the world. He like, went to tournaments and everything. Uh, those are crazy. Blows my mind. Like, Esports blows my mind. I remember when I first discovered that people were getting paid, like, and people had really <laughs> taken this seriously. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it was amazing. Yeah. Bonkers. Yeah. And when we yeah, when we like did cool that Britney Spears color. game, it came with a mat, like a portable mat that you could actually do the footsteps with that you just plug in as a controller. And it was, yeah, it was incredible. I was not very good at the mat portion that's of it. The only, but... That's the only video game that I can actually kind of coordinate. We used to have a dance mat as a kid. I, that and Tomb that and Tomb Raider. I was good. The, the rest of it, yeah. forget it. Yeah. I can't play any any of my games now. I'm like, no. When they when they say, oh, let's do an interview with you playing yeah. the game, I'm like, no, you you that's not. It's like, oh no, that's not, not going to no, be no, no, good you don't for want you. Like, well, yeah. we're going to get the performance capture Twitch stream started oh, with no. Victoria playing you games. Don't want, it's This podcast is sponsored by Vicon, the Academy Award-winning developer of motion capture products for the life science, entertainment, and engineering industries. Vicon provides cutting-edge hardware and software with the highest accuracy. Valkyrie is a brand-new hero camera range, which includes a 26MP model and high-speed capture mode at up to 2,000 FPS. When combined with the powerful bespoke new Very Focal lens, Vicon Valkyrie delivers a greater fidelity in human motion capture and unlocks an unmatched capture quality. Valkyrie is designed to work with Vicon's Shogun VFX software, enabling digital artists to visualize realistic characters and scenes while saving time in post-production. Shogun now includes custom-developed virtual production tools to power your next-level project. Find out more at www.vicon.com. Are you looking to work as an actor in video games and performance capture? The Performance Capture Podcast is also brought to you by BookVOPCAP, an online educational community set up by the Performance Capture podcast host and founder, Victoria Atkin, which provides educational courses on how to work as a professional actor in the performance capture industry. Visit www.bookvopcap.com to find out more and follow us on social media. Ditch the day job.